0: Okay. So end of second Samuel, uh, we finished, we actually read David's last words at the uh, end of second Samuel. We're going to be reading about his actual death, uh, in, uh, first Kings chapters one and two. Uh, not everything always in the Bible is in chronological order. That's very important that you understand that. Uh, but, uh, uh, here we read in verse one, you can read along with me. It says that now King David was old, advanced in years, and they put covers on him because he could not get warm. Now, what the King James Version says, uh, I love the King James Version. The problem is uh, it's sometimes hard to understand because of the older English, but it says King David was old, stricken in years. And uh, again, it says he could not get uh, he could not get warm. And you really think about this man's life and what he had been through. Uh, you know, we just read through the chapters and and, and you know, uh, Unfortunately, sometimes too often we just read it like a, a book of drama, uh, or this type of thing, and uh, and it's uh, it's it's easy to forget that th- it was real life. I mean, this guy went into battle, and he usually led his soldiers into battle until he was older in age. No, no question that there were casualties over the years doing that uh on his body but even more so uh, we're going to find out that he was he was um 70 years at this time but even more so just the real huge emotional strain of uh, uh of leading the nation of israel and uh I got to tell you, as someone who who really uh, loves my children so much, and when they go through something, there's so much heartache. Uh, you know, I, I, if there's a, a serious episode, it'll add five years to your life. <laughs> and uh, boy, did David have heartache in his family. He had a he had a daughter raped by one of his sons. Now, just think about that. Think about the emotional strain it said david was very upset when he found that out and then the the man who the, the son who raped his daughter and was killed himself by another one of his sons again think about that just think about the the emotional strain the, the uh, that that would just do to your body. He, again, King James says he's stricken in years. But then if that's not bad enough, his son um, uh, who killed the other son uh, is, uh, takes all of Israel, leads a rebellion, and uh, draws all Israel to himself except a, a fraction, really, who remained with David, and there was a full-on civil war. So just the betrayals uh, that happened. I mean, you read in the Psalms. There's this the one Psalm that talks about what appears to be the betrayal of Ahithophel, who was uh, David's chief advisor. And and this the emotion pouring out in that Psalm. That you and I. This is I'm quoting a Psalm now. I forget which Psalm it what It, it is. But you and I. Uh, used to go to the temple of God with the throngs, praising the Lord. I would have expected what uh, happened to me from an enemy. But you, you, my dear companion, and so that event just betrayals. And um, uh, I tell you, they take their toll. And and really, you walk with God and, and uh, uh I tell you, we have a, a formidable enemy. Now, God's bigger than our enemy, and Jesus came, First John 3, 3, 16, to destroy the works of the devil, but uh, I tell you, it does sometimes feel like uh, <laughs> we, we've, I sometimes feel like I've lived already two, three, four lives. Um, but God is faithful. It's a blessing, and as uh, David was himself uh, blessed and always, always, God was always with him, always. But what a life that this man had lived, lived. The man who was uh, the standard by which every other king was judged, not with st- including, by the way, when he sinned. I mean, what an example to you and me, Psalm 51, of what real repentance looks like. Now, we're going to read uh, the next, I don't know how far we're going to get tonight, but in the next one or two chapters, we're going to read what uh, phony repentance looks like and uh, try in our own heart, cry out to God, Lord, we don't want to look anything like that. Uh, because when there's phony repentance, worldly repentance, the Bible says, it's just going to, the, the bad behavior is going to rear its ugly head again. But David is the model of true repentance. He literally changes into a better human being as the result of his Uh, repentance. And so he's old. He's advanced in years. uh, They put covers on him. He could not get warm. Therefore, verse two, his servants said to him, let a young woman, a virgin, be sought for our Lord, the king, and let her stand before the king and let her care for him and let her lie in her Lie in your bosom that our Lord, the king may be warm. So they sought for a lovely young woman throughout all the territory of Israel and found Abishag the Shunammite and brought her to the king. I always wonder, by the way, how how that type of thing works you know uh, the, the israelite soldiers the uh, commanders come to town okay all the ladies come out in front of their house i don't know how they did it but they found abishag the shunammite perhaps they just uh, went in and, and talked and uh and, and found out that way i don't know the young woman was very lovely verse four and she cared for the king and served him but the king did not know her uh, the, the Hebrew word "yada," which um, we are told uh, in, in in Isaiah 43, among other places, that we were literally created to know God, and it's the same word here, which means sexual relations in in, in this context. But it, it tells you of the intimacy that the Lord wants to have with you. <laughs> A word study of the word Hebrew word "yada." He did not have. Sexual relationships with her. I think I had mentioned a few weeks ago that uh, the uh, the the man who was on our parenting seminar in January, his name is Gabor. He uh, is a kidney doctor, and he came to me one day and said he was convinced that David had kidney disease because when there is kidney failure, apparently there is the complete inability to get warm. And so it could be that that's what um, he was afflicted with. And so they bring in this uh, just unusual for us in the year 2021 solution, uh, a woman uh, to come and, and, and lie near him and there's nothing better than body warmth, right? Uh, and, and so, Uh, she comes in you may want to you might want to ask well why you know why doesn't he bring in one of his wives he had many wives unfortunately Uh, that that I believe was uh, a weakness and a disobedience really for him the 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 book of deuteronomy saying that we're not supposed to multiply wives but that not we kings we were not either (laughs) but kings were not supposed to uh multiply wives and and he did and uh i don't know there's some speculation i just think that the it's further evidence that that polygamy doesn't work because of just the drama of bringing in one of the wives and what that would create in the castle and uh, or the palace, this type of thing. You know, people do often bring up, well, there's polygamy in the Bible. What's up with that? Uh, yeah, there's polygamy in the Bible. That's because God was great, very gracious um, as he was reintroducing the world to himself. All the changes were not made overnight. However, polygamy is never spoken of favorably. It's quite the opposite. When you see polygamy, there's, it, it just causes problems. So my guess is, is that um, that was probably the case. They just wanted to get someone who was unknown. Uh, there's inevitably jealousies, envies, like we saw with um, Rachel and Leah, Jacob's wives, uh, that would uh, come about. And so uh, this woman, Abishag, and she, it says that she was uh, beautiful to be, behold, and she, she serves him, it says in verse 4. Verse 5, then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. And his father had not rebuked him at any time by saying, why have you done so? He was very good looking. His mother had born him after Absalom. Now we know that uh, we're about to read more about it, but uh, uh, King David has already decided who was gonna be king. And that was Solomon. That decision had already been made. I don't think it is speculation. I think it is a extremely strong presumption that this uh, Adonijah knew full well that uh, Solomon had been appointed king, but uh, what it, this is Absalom's uh, full brother. And uh, he no doubt had learned some things that were not okay from his older brother, sees that David is in a very vulnerable time at this time. Solomon, probably 16 years old, uh, um, very young, and uh, vulnerable himself. He exalted himself, uh, saying, I will be king. And uh, note there in verse 6, it, it says that, and his father had not rebuked him at any time, saying, what did why have you done so? Most commentators, I believe most commentators believe what this is a reference to is in his entire life, he had not been disciplined. Uh, his entire life, uh, had, he had not been disciplined. And um, as we've already uh, seen, David was not keen on discipline. And, and many people theorize probably correctly that it was because of his own grievous sin. Uh, He may have just had one of those natures that didn't like to discipline, but uh, spear the rod, spoil the child. I mean, and and David, oh, did he spoil this one. Uh, Most commentators agree that there was never any discipline. And so, uh, you know, good looks even in and of themselves are often more often than not, um, a curse in someone's life, Uh, unless they are taken and given to the Lord and sanctified. Uh, they're oftentimes they bring more, uh, more misery than, than benefits, um, particularly in the area of pride. But when you, when you combine, uh, good looks, it says he was good looking, uh, with never being disciplined forget about it I mean uh you know uh mom's dad you see your cute young little boy he's so adorable oh I don't want to touch him I don't want to uh I don't want to discipline him worst thing that you could possibly do uh for your son or your daughter you know I uh I actually uh am very familiar with uh a family that um uh that uh, there was more or less no discipline in, in the home. And it was interesting what happened with this family as the, as the children grew into adults. They despised, uh, some of them despised, uh, I should say at least two of them. There were four kids. They, they, they despised, uh, they've come to despise their, uh, their parents. And that's what you do, parents, when you do that. They lose respect. Um, for you, for not having done so. I mean, discipline is one of the hardest things in, in the world to do, uh, but uh, you're not doing yourself any favors by not disciplining your children. And so um, he exalted himself as opposed to what? God exalting him. The psalm says that uh, exaltation comes from neither East or the West, but God exalts. And so uh, that should be a red flag anytime you see that he exalts himself. Verse 7, then he conferred with Joab, the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar, Abiathar, the priest. And they followed and helped Adonijah. But Zadok, the priest, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, Nathan, the prophet, Shimei, Rei, and the mighty men who belonged to David, we're not with Adonijah. So right here, um, you know, when you're seeking out advice, and even if stuff that's happened to you that is very difficult, please just don't go to someone who you know there's a sympathetic ear. Uh, at this point, uh, everyone knew that uh, Joab would be a sympathetic ear for someone who was coming against David um, and David's wishes. And it was David's wishes for Solomon to be king. Um, Joab had uh, against David's orders uh, killed Absalom. Uh, but in addition to that, um, uh, they, they knew the re- there was resentment because when Absalom warred against David. His general was a guy by the name of Amasa. We read about Amasa. I don't know that he was the most skilled guy in the world, but David named him uh, to be head over all the army rather than Joab, who had stayed with him. And that's probably because Joab had killed Absalom, David's son, contrary to David's order. So David, uh, uh, he appoints Amasa uh, as when, the, when, the, when Israel was reunited after the defeat of Absalom. You would think he would have asked Joab. No, he asked Amasa to be king. Now, Joab winds up killing him in, 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 uh, in cold blood, but he's never really given the same place as he had previously had. And so clearly everyone knows that um, that uh, Joab would be sympathetic to uh, a coup against David or a coup against David's wishes. Don't do that, Calvary Chapel. Please have the discipline not to go to a person who has a bone to pick and is just gonna be sympathizing with your issue because of personal grudges they may have don't do that I know it's tempting uh we 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 love to get sympathetic ears I I I don't often um I don't often repeat Facebook posts but I tell you a couple of years ago uh there was one that said I, I don't um I don't when, when I have problems I don't go to people. I go to God because I don't need sympathy. I need strength. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's the type of stuff that is, uh, that is fantastic. Some of these posts on Facebook can be really wonderful. Um, we need strength, not sympathy. So don't go to someone just because they're sympathetic with you. Don't be doing that. Go to someone who is godly, who you know is going to tell you, something hard, if it needs to be said. Uh, and and so that's not what Adonijah does. He, he goes to Joab, Joab uh, says, sure, sign me up. He conferred, verse seven, conferred with sympathetic Joab, the son of Zariah, and with Abiathar, the priest. Now that one's a mystery, because that this guy is stuck with David For a long time so who knows what happened to him actually we'll read later it's to fulfill prophecy but um he had been very loyal to david it stuck with him even when absalom revolted i do not know why he decided to this is a, a terrible mistake on his part it says and they followed and helped adonijah but zadok the priest benaiah the son of jehoiada Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Raiah, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. I really believe deep down inside, Adonijah feels like he should have gone. He should have gone to Nathan, and uh, but he knew what he was going to hear. Uh, he, you know, and um, uh, it, it's it's a, a tragedy results here, and there will be people. Who lose their lives as a result of it? Verse nine. And Adonijah sacrificed sheep and oxen and fattened cattle by the stone of Zoheleth, which is in which is by Enrogel. He also invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah, uh, the king's servants. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the mighty man, or Solomon his brother. So Nathan finds out what is going on. And, and again, a mighty, mighty crisis here uh, for, for David. Uh, but Nathan finds out what is going on. He It says in verse 11, he spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king? And David, our Lord, does not know it. Come, please, let me know let me now give you advice that you may save your own life and the life of your own, your son, Solomon. Because if Adonijah becomes king, he's going to kill uh, Solomon and his mother because they, they, they one, he's a wicked man in, in, in the ancient world. This is what happened. Rivals to the throne were killed. And so he's a prophet and actually you get profit. Uh, You can take Nathan's prophecies to, uh, to the bank uh, for the most part. There's one time where he told David to do something, but then changed his mind that night when he, uh, uh, when he heard from the Lord that was building the temple. But verse 13, he's speaking to Bathsheba. Go immediately to King David and say to him, Did you not, my Lord, O king? Swear to your maidservant, saying assuredly, your son Solomon shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. Why then has Adonijah become king? Then, while you are still talking there with the king, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. Uh, And so interesting little uh, scenario here, you know, you can say, wait, is he, is What is he doing? Is this just chicanery on his part? Is he just um, being manipulative here? You know, you going first and uh, this little scheme? Well, that I think, and now this I don't think is a presumption, it's more like speculation. This gives you a picture into probably the drama that David experienced with many, many wives, you know, uh, one of his wives would come in, Hey, this son's mistreating mine and this type of thing. And, uh, so Nathan knows about that and he's anticipating David thinking that, Oh no, you know, another complaint here. I'm not trying to impugn on the character of Bathsheba, but, uh, I, I think he's Nathan has every good reason to do that. So he says, after you tell him, Then I'll come in, and I I will confirm your words. Verse 15. So Bathsheba went into the chamber to the king. Now, the king was very old, and Abishag, the Shunammite, was serving the king. And Bathsheba bowed and did homage to the king. Then the king said, what is your wish? And then she said to him, my lord, you swore by the lord, your god, to your maidservant, saying, assuredly, Solomon, your son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. So now look, Adonijah has become king, and now my lord, the king, you do not know about it. He has sacrificed oxen and fattened cattle and sheep in abundance, and and has invited all the sons of the king. Adiathar, the priest, and Joab, the commander of the army, but Solomon, your servant, he has not invited. As for you, my lord, O king, the eyes of all Israel are on you, that you should tell them who will sit on the throne of my lord, the king, after him. Otherwise, it will happen when my lord, the king, rests with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon will be counted as offenders. Verse 22, and just then, while she was still talking with the king, uh, Nathan the prophet also came in. So they told the king, saying, here is Nathan the prophet. And when he had come in before the king, he bowed down before the king with his face to the ground and said, and Nathan said, my lord, O king, have you said Adonijah shall reign after me and he shall sit on my throne. For he has gone down today, and he has sacrificed oxen and fatted cattle and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the king's sons and the commander of the army and Abiathar the priest. And look, they are eating and drinking before him, and saying, Long live King Adonijah. But he was he has not invited me, me, your servant. Nor Zadok the priest, Zadok the priest, nor Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, nor your servant Solomon, has this thing been done in my done by my lord the king? And you have not told your servant you should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. And so uh, here it is a, a, a crisis right up until David's deathbed. He is just in a withering attack. And I have to say this probably once um, uh, once every other year, that uh, there's a famous play by uh, C.S. Lewis. I'll remember it eventually. It's about two demons talking to each other. And uh, they are, one of them is instructing uh Uh, is it the screw tape letters is the screw tape letters. And one of them is instructing the other of how to defeat a Christian. And, and and what he says is fascinating. At one point he says, just convince them this trial in front of them. is the last trial they'll ever have as a Christian. After that, it'll be smooth sailing. You convince them of that and you'll defeat a lot of Christians. You'll, 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 you'll have victory. And um, that's that's a lie from the enemy. Uh, fighting never stops. Uh, the, in fact, in my experience, it gets worse and worse uh, uh, right up until the time you die. Why? Because Satan wants to rob God of a testimony. Uh, I think of Chuck Smith, and I'm not going to go into great detail because I don't want to disparage people, but um, what he went through uh, in his final years is, uh, was, was just, was just mind boggling. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think one that is clearly a matter of public record, one of his sons was suing him and just all this other, uh, these other things that just caused just enormous distress Uh, in his life well that's because his life was a wonderful testimony by no means perfect but um, you know every year we just had a couple of major scandals in the last three or four months uh, uh, of major Christian figures Uh, there's nothing that Satan would like any better than to just destroy someone's uh, testimony to the world of of a life lived with Jesus and so uh, this is just the same thing uh, David uh, since uh, his uh, since his he was not perfect uh, he did uh, sin with Bathsheba and uh, Uriah the Hittite previous to that and in 1 Samuel 27 he was big time backslide in that chapter. He also uh, did the census, but the guy repented. He repented. And uh, uh, Satan is just, uh, he was active. He's active today. He was active then. And he's trying to uh, basically just uh, continue to attack uh, David. And so uh, David here, even though he was stricken with years Uh, He acts valiantly Uh, in verse 28. It says, then King David answered and said, call Bathsheba to me. So she had left the room and Nathan had come in. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king and the king took an oath and said, as the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from every distress Just as I swore to you by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, your son shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place. So I will certainly do this day. So what Solomon uh, does not do, he does not say, Oh, I'm just done with this ruling stuff. Just whatever. I'm done. C'est la vie. Uh, please don't say that, by the way, uh, say la vie, such is life. Uh, no, do the will of the Lord, obey the Lord. And so um, to the very end, and this is how, we just want to die fighting, don't we, Calvary Chapel? Don't you want to die fighting for the Lord? Uh, you, you, you want you, you want to preserve that testimony uh, until the very end. Verse 31 says, Bathsheba bowed with her face to the earth and paid homage to the king and said, let my uh, Lord King David live forever. And so King David said, so he's going to come up with the plan to defeat Abiathar here, I'm um, Adonijah here. Uh, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the, the son of Jehoiada, so that they came before the king. And the king also said to them, take with you the servants of your Lord, and have Solomon, my son, ride on my own mule and take him down to Gihon. And there Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him. Let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel and blow the horn and say, long live King Solomon, then you shall come up after him and he shall come and sit on my throne and he shall be king in my place, for I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the king and said, Amen. Amen is a way of saying, so be it. So it actually does have meaning. It can turn into a religious thing. Well, amen, that's what we do, and God won't answer if we, if we don't say it. That's not true at all, but it's a great way to end a, p- a prayer because so be it, let it be done, Lord. It's, it's kind of a closing appeal to the Lord. Amen, may the Lord God of my Lord, the King, say so too. As the Lord has been with my Lord, the King, even so, he may be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord, King David.
1: So Zadok the
0: priest, Nathan the prophet, Beniah the son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites, the Pelethites, uh, they were kind of his secret service, went down and had Solomon ride on a king's mule and took him to Gihon. Now, uh, in those times, the uh, king rode on a mule. That may not sound sexy to you. Uh, but that was the uh, tradition, perhaps the strength. Remember, a mule combines the strength of a horse um, with the agility of a donkey, uh, and uh, that's what that was the the practice of kings to ride on a mule. And when he's on David's mule, he's going to get attention, and especially especially at this place called Gihon. Gihon is where the the water source was the Springs of gaihong It uh, would have been very crowded with many, many people going there to get their water uh, for the day. And so uh, that's where they go. They say, go down there and you'll get the attention of the people there. Then Zadok, the priest took a, a horn of oil from the tabernacle and a, tabernacle and anointed Solomon. Now that's the most important thing. Remember way back, when the last time this had hap- happened, you remember, 40 years before. We're at, By the way, we're at 1,000 B.C. right now about when these e- events are taking place about 1,000 years before Christ. But remember, 40 years before, uh, probably over, actually over 40 years before, a so 50 years before, uh, Samuel, the prophet, went and poured oil over David and anointed him king. That's the last time this had happened. And this is the most important thing, right? Because the oil represents the Holy Spirit, the anointing from God. And so he anoints them, and the oil was from the tabernacle. He anointed Solomon. And they blew the corn, and all the people said, Long live Solomon. And all the people went up after him. And the people played the flutes, rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth seemed to split with their sound. Uh, the 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 the, um, the proverb says when uh, the righteous are when the wicked reign uh, the the righteous go into to hiding but when the righteous reign the uh, I believe it says the nation rejoices and that's what happens here and man uh, it, you can tell here the people they they are familiar with the character of of Solomon and as opposed to. Um, Adonijah. And it says, uh, so the earth seemed to split with the sound. It must have been a a wonderful thing to behold. Verse 41, now Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it and they finished eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the horn, he said, why is the city in such a noisy uproar? You know, it's it's amazing to me that Adonijah even tries to, to pull this off. You see him at the uh, beginning of the chapter and, 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 verse, um, uh, in verse five, he does the same thing that, uh, that his brother Absalom had done. He gets himself 50 men to run in front of his chariot and to draw the people's attention to him. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, but pride got in the way. The thing about pride is that it blinds. That's the most dangerous thing about pride. When someone confronts you for pride, please, 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 Calvary Chapel, just take a step back. Say, Okay, I better pray about this because I've heard some preacher said somewhere, actually, it's not, it's the Bible, that um, pride, pride blinds. Am I blinded now? God will be faithful if you go to him with a humble heart. Uh, with that prayer request, the pride blinded him. He's the older son of Solomon. Hey, why is this guy my younger, my younger, uh, uh, my younger brother? Why is he being made king? And that his pride got the best of him. And who's the first person that uh, that bolts? The guy? Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Actually, let's let's continue to read on. We'll get to we'll get to that. We'll get to who the first person was who bolted. Job says, why is the city in such a noisy uproar? While he was still speaking, there came Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest. Remember, Jonathan was also a faithful soldier during Absalom's rebellion. So not sure which side he's on here. But.
1: And Adonijah
0: said to him, come in for you are a prominent man and bring good news. No amount of positive thinking can can, bring, uh, 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 can, can can thwart the plan of God. And so um, verse 34, 43, then Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, "No, Lord our king." No, it's not good news. Our Lord King has made our Lord King David has made Solomon king." The king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites, the Pelethites, and they have made him ride on the king's mule. So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon, and they have gone up from there rejoicing so that the city is in an uproar. This is the noise that you have heard. Also, Solomon sits on the the throne of the kingdom. Moreover, the king's servants have gone to bless our Lord King David, saying, May God make the name of Solomon better than your name, and may he make his throne better than your throne. And the king bowed himself on the bed. Also, the king said thus, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has given one to sit on my throne this day while my eyes see it. Verse 49, so all of the guests who were with Avonijah were afraid and arose, each to his own way. Oh, wow, they all left at the same time. I was wrong. <laughs> it doesn't say who the first to, to bolt. They all left at the same time. You know, I, I hope that uh, throughout the week that you are getting Bible verses from various people um, to encourage you. Uh, The Bible says in Hebrews 3.13, I I quote this uh, verse as much, more or less as much as any other verse, although I think my son Sam said in his teaching, I I quote Acts 2.42 more than any other. That could be true. but, uh, But Hebrews 3.13 says, as long as it is called today, encourage one another lest your heart be hardened by sin's deceitfulness if we're not being encouraged we become roadkill for the devil i need encouragement i'm so blessed because i have i well i i, I I'm, I'm i'm a weak dude and i need a lot of encouragement and i get a lot of encouragement i'm so thankful for it uh, people encouraging me throughout the day through texts and and um and, and this type of thing, but I it, I got a, a text today, and the Bible verses this brother sent are exactly on point. Exactly on point. I don't know that this brother was thinking of. I, I'm almost certain he wasn't thinking of First Kings one. Uh, he well, yeah, it was definitely before the announcement went out uh, today. But Psalm. 33, 10, and 11 says this. Just let this sink in, Calvary Chapel. Actually, my brother quotes three different verses exactly on point to what we just read. The Lord frustrates the plans of the nations and thwarts all their schemes. But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. You can't fight against the Lord, Adonijah. You can't, and I really think deep down inside he knew, but his, his pride and his selfish ambition blinded him. Let's read the second verse this brother sent. Chapter 5, verse 3. I have seen that fools may be successful for the moment, but then comes sudden disaster. Wow, how did he know when he sent this to me uh, that this would be what I would be preaching on tonight? It's exactly what happened here that uh, the, the fool Adonijah was successful for a moment, but then comes sudden disaster. The third, Job chapter 5, verses 12 through 13, says, God frustrates the plans of schemers, so the work of their hands will not succeed. He traps the wise in their own cleverness, so their cunning schemes. Are thwarted and in, in his own cleverness he went to joab but who who just bolts as soon as bad news comes joab uh, joab um and uh and, and the whole scheme is thwarted by the lord uh, and then my brother puts here that the Job verses were by, um, Eliphaz, who was one of Job's comforters. But Job's very difficult, uh, book to teach from because there is truth that you can pull from some of these comforters who were later rebuked by God. But anyway, uh, it, it, you never win when you, when you fight God. You never do. And, uh, and we find that out here. They were all afraid and each went his own way. Verse 50. Now, Adonijah was afraid of Solomon. So he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. And it was told Solomon, verse 51, saying, Indeed, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon. For look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today. That he will not put his servant to death with a sword. Then Solomon said, "If he proves himself a worthy man, not one hair of his of him shall fall to the earth. But if a, if wickedness is found in him, he shall die." So King Solomon sent them to bring him down from the altar, and he came and fell down before King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, "Go to your house." <sighs> So uh, what's this horns of the altar thing? Well, the, remember the altar has horns. This is called the altar of sacrifice where you, you look through the book of Leviticus. There's bulls that are God commands to be offered, uh, goats, pigeons, uh, lamb, of course, lamb, lamb of God. Uh, they were all fulfilled by Jesus Christ. and uh, And the altar would uh, be tied. Psalm 118 actually says it uh, in that wonderful psalm. Uh, it, it, there's the declaration. It's one of the psalms, by the way, I think it's called the Song of the Ascents, meaning it's one of the psalms that was used when the Jews used to go to Jerusalem to the feast. And it says, uh, and at the, at, towards the end of Psalm 118, it says, tie the sacrifice to the horns of the altar so they would you know the bull's a big thing it's kind of a a messy thing and you don't just plop it on there and you know it doesn't stay in place it's like this type of thing it was actually tied by the horns there was horns on the four corners of the altar but one of the things i believe that the the law of moses allowed was if you had done something unintentionally uh, and you were thinking, okay, I did this, I was, um, I don't know, I was hammering a nail and the head of the hammer went off and killed someone. Everyone's going to think I murdered them. I'm going it, to, it allowed this type of thing, the person to go and grip, uh, hold, the horns of the, hold the horns of the altar uh, to give uh, some time to figure out what really happened here lest the passion of, for example, the victim's families come and, and murder the person wrongly. And, and the Bible said, and, and there, thus there would be innocent blood shed in Israel. God cares a lot about the shedding of innocent blood, a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot. Um, and so, uh, but here he's clearly guilty this guy, treason, punishable by death. And Solomon lets him live. And you know, when you first read, it, it's like, come on, it, it's Solomon. It, it, I, I don't know if this is a good way to to, to start um, to start off your life here. Uh, this guy is going to be trouble for you because um, I don't think anyone believes he's real repentant here. He's not. You know uh, he's going to rebel later, and you know Solomon says I'm going to let him free. But if any wickedness is later found in him, he's going to be put to death. Well, wickedness will be put uh, uh, will be found in him. But um, but here, uh, you know Solomon just uh, he, he he's clearly guilty here. There's this is not a guy whose hammer fell off and it killed someone. I mean, this is guys clearly guilty of, of treason. But Solomon has has grace on him. Uh, and, and you see this type of thing, uh, not only with David, but also with, also with even Saul. Remember he had that one good chapter for Samuel 11, where uh, at the very beginning of his reign, uh, reign uh, they let people live or not be punished. That really should have been punished. Grace. If a leader rules by grace, he will be successful. Um, But the problem is, is that um, there hadn't been real repentance. The rebellion had gotten into his DNA. And uh, we'll talk more about that next time. But uh, we're going to, next time we'll go to 2 Corinthians 7.11, which is the banner verse on what godly repentance looks like compared to worldly repentance. When there's worldly repentance, like with Adonijah, the rebellion's still there. There may be some... Um, outward acts, and um, from time to time, and, and it's not very often, but I'll be talking with someone, and uh, and and they will be talking about. Um, some sometimes I'll even be be weeping, but it'll be very very clear. Wait a second, something's very wrong here, and you can you can sort of tell that the rebellion's still there, and sure enough, eventually the rebellion will work its well, way out of you. Um, it will, or the bitterness, or whatever it is. That's why it's so important. Jesus says, if your right hand is causing you to sin, cut it off. If your if your if your one of your eyes is calling, causing you to to sin, pluck it out. You got to be very, very ruthless with sin because it will come back if it's not cast out and and given fully to the Lord.